You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The everyday and the transcendent. In this podcast, Eckhart elaborates on two of his key concepts, which he calls the horizontal and the vertical dimensions. Another way to put it is the everyday and the transcendent. The horizontal he defines as the place of everyday life, our egos, identification with our thoughts and our personalities. He says the vertical is connected to the source of all life which some call God. It's also where the transcendent dimension of ourself lives beyond space and time. Eckhart says, the primary purpose of our lives is to become aware of the vertical. Eckhart explains, it's our destiny to live with a foot in both worlds. When we embrace the vertical, that transforms the horizontal. He describes it like a cross, where the horizontal and vertical come together. So here we are again in the present moment. What is that? It's not what you perceive with your senses. That's the content of the present moment, what happens in the present moment. But become aware of that field of a live presence that underlies all your sense perceptions. In other words, to become deeply aware of the present moment goes beyond becoming aware of your sense perceptions, although quite often that's the first very useful step. So to become aware of the present moment, first step, sense perceptions. You look around the room or wherever you are. Perhaps you hear things. Even some other senses may be involved, but probably mainly visual and auditory sense perception, so it takes you out of conceptual thinking and just pure perception, sense perception. That's number one. And the next step is you go a bit deeper and you become aware of something that you cannot see, can't really talk about, but an undeniable field of energy or consciousness that makes all sense perceptions possible, and that's always the same. The content of the present moment changes when you move from where you are now to somewhere else, different sense perceptions. Underlying all that, there's always the presence, without no sense perception would be possible, that presence is inseparable from who you are in your essence. So you sense yourself as the underlying presence in which the world appears. Would there be a room? If you were not there to perceive it, that's a philosophical question. Does it need a perceiving consciousness for the world to exist? Would there be a table without the perceiving consciousness that sees it as a table? What ultimately is just atoms and molecules in rapid motion and vast spaces in between, so 99.99% empty space, and atoms and molecules swirling around continuously. It's not a table yet, but then a human sensory organ comes in and, and a consciousness behind it, and suddenly these swirling atoms and molecules become a table or appear to be a table to very limited sensory organs. You can touch or you can see, but let's not go too far. You become aware of the present moment as that which underlies it all, and that is inseparable from who you are, the essence of who you are. Sometimes I call it the vertical dimension because the rest of life is the horizontal dimension. 
the primary purpose of your life is first of all to become aware of the vertical dimension. Most humans are completely unaware. For them only the horizontal dimension exists, which is the world. And of course their mind, they're inseparable. Without mind there's no world. So your mind, your thought processes, your memories, mental images, ultimately all sense perceptions, if they are visual or auditory, they're all mental images. So the entire world that you perceive as out there happens, one could say, inside you. So one could say the world is in you. <laughs> it's an interesting way of just for a little while just to say there's nothing ultimately outside of me. The world happens in you. So some great philosophers have asked, what is there actually out there? The thing in itself. What is there anything out there? What, or what is it? We don't know. Is the entire world a mental creation, a mental projection? A little bit like the Matrix, the movie. You can take the blue pill, then you stay confined in what I call the horizontal dimension of life. Or you can take the red pill, then you go deeper. So, horizontal dimension. Most humans are only aware of that, so there's always what now? What's the next thing? And, and the world is a, often a threatening place and never a very fulfilling place, although sometimes you achieve a bit of fulfillment here and there, or it comes to you, and then it's, ah, life is good, and it's, it is good. But it's the goodness of life when you're only on the horizontal dimension is very limited, doesn't last long. There is a deeper goodness, but that's, that's connected with the vertical dimension. So the goodness you find on the surface of things is, is fleeting. There's nothing wrong with it, whatever it may be. You go on vacation, you go take a cruise. Hopefully nothing happens, so you don't get suddenly the goodness of this moment gets marred, spoiled by something happening. A virus, oh my God. And then other things happen. Often it your purpose of life, the purpose of your life is to become aware of the vertical dimension. Many humans do not go there until the horizontal dimension becomes an increasingly unsatisfying place. As long as the horizontal dimension of life is relatively okay, it's okay, yeah, I've got a job, but I'm doing okay. You're not really, but you can live with the, the worries that you have and all the, the things that you live on the relationship problems and so on. Okay, but it's not in the, not so much of a problem that you can't stand it anymore or that you're, you're forced into extreme anxiety or fear, but that at some point it happens to many people. Through adversity, the term we used, some form of suffering in their personal lives increases, great loss, or you achieve great things and the, the, the achievement of the great things are no longer satisfying. So d despite your achievements, you experience again extreme anxiety and fear or depression. And that's a bad place to be. And I've met people who have achieved what the world would call great things, fame, wealth. And th they've said they, after an initial high, when, when they felt, oh, I've made it, they came down. It's an almost... A common theme when you look at rock stars and some actors and their fame makes them unhappy <laughs> after an initial period of elation. So the world can become an unsatisfying place not only because you lose something, it can also become an unsatisfying place because you have gained something and you've gained so much and that which you gained hasn't made you happy. Not only that, it's in some cases in many cases of lottery winners who became more unhappy than they were before. <laughs> so whatever you do, sooner or later, the horizontal dimension where things happen, where you obtain things and look for things and experiences and people, it's all fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Achieve things in your life on this dimension. I want to build up a business. Yes, why not? I want to write a book. I want to paint, become good at this or that all wonderful, but not satisfying for very long. And wherever you go, you find something's creeping in to spoil your enjoyment of it for some reason. We've talked about it before. 
So it looks as if somebody were sabotaging your life, some, some little demon somewhere and say, well, okay, you get married, you fall in love, it's so wonderful. And then the person that makes you happy today and in a year's time, the very same person makes you unhappy or two years or a couple of months. <laughs> so a human being reaches a kind of point, not every human, but you reach a, a point where you become dissatisfied. You see, you begin to doubt that that you will ever, the world will ever make you happy. Or you experience extreme forms of suffering, what in biblical word is calamity. <laughs> you don't hear that word very often in the media, but it's a more, you experience some form of calamity, either personal or you participate in a collective calamity that arises, a collective challenge as the virus, for example, and many other things are possible, and you can't foresee what the next one is going to be. And then suddenly millions of humans are faced with perhaps extreme fear. They were in fear before. Fear is very normal. When you only move on the horizontal dimension, then there's always an underlying fear, but you may not be very much aware of it. And sometimes it surfaces when you wake up at night. But when something happens on a collective scale, vast scale, then millions are suddenly pushed into extreme fear, anxiety. And that's the opportunity that arises when there's an extreme form of adversity for then the, either in your personal life or the collective, then you become more ready to go beyond, to encounter something else that's, that's always been there, but you ignored it completely, and that's the vertical dimension. And the purpose of your life is to... Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu find it and then be rooted in it. Now, what is the vertical dimension? It is the present moment. We could say the entry point or the portal into the vertical dimension is becoming aware of the present moment or beginning. And then, so your alertness goes up a bit when you become aware of the present moment. And you should do this particularly at the present times when you're watching the news or you're reading something on the whatever they're posting about what's all the stuff that's extremely problematic in the world, oh my God, what's going to happen? And of course the energy that comes through the media is high anxiety, sometimes almost hysteria, and it's very easy to be seduced by that and then you, you become part of the collective fear that is there when you listen to commentators, all the stuff they talk about. So the energy that underlies it is, oh, oh my God. And they love it because the media, the more negative emotion there is, the more people will watch it because it's kind of addictive. Give me more. Oh my God. So very important then when you watch these things, don't be hypnotically drawn into it, and then it takes over your mind. They're fearful. So your mind gets taken over by these thought forms, because that's what you absorb the thought forms from the media, and, and then they become yours, so to speak. So what you have absorbed 
uh, energy fields that amplify what was already in you, because there was already in you throughout your life an underlying fear, of the, an underlying sense of something is missing here, something is wrong, an unease in the background. Most people have that, they don't even know it because it's always there, like the humming noise that you hear in a room. The longer it goes on, the less you become aware of it. And if it goes on for a long time, you don't even know it's there. But when it suddenly stops, then you say, oh, what was that? So there was this humming noise going on for hours, must have been going on for days or weeks. And that's the unease that is in your mental emotional field is a bit like that, but that's a minor manifestation of fear. It's just an underlying sense of something not right here. Yes, and there is something not right. And what's not right is you're ignoring the dimension of depth, the vertical dimension. That's the cross. The Another meaning of the cross points to the intersection of the two dimensions, the horizontal and the vertical. You need both. So then the media amplifies what was already in you, those patterns, and you absorb them, and then you can't think of anything else. So before you were thinking about your personal problems at night, you went, oh my God, and this and that, and, and now your mind gets taken over by the, this big one or several collective huge problems that are even bigger, they fuse with your personal problems. And so this whole thing is in your mind. It has taken you over. You don't know that that's what's happening. You don't know that, they, you, that what's happening is you're at the mercy of energy movements that live in you. And that's ultimately not, it's not you. There's a particular frequency to these thought forms. And the frequencies, they live in you. You don't know it because you identified with them. So it's good to become aware that you're continuously thinking about these things and, and the thoughts fuel the fear in the emotional field and, and say, okay, this is suffering. Obviously, it's a form of suffering. What is making you suffer? Well, if you look deeply, it's the thought forms because you haven't even caught this virus yet. If you should catch it, then it's not a problem. Then you face that. We may talk about that in a minute. So you're in suffering almost worse than you were if you had caught the virus. <laughs> so realize this is not a pleasant place to be. It is destructive. It fulfills no useful purpose. And then see, could it be different? Am I at the mercy of all this or could it be different? Did you turn off the devices? doesn't mean you can't listen to the news, but not for too long, not, to, not for hours on end. You turn off the devices, and then you sit there in your room or outside, wherever it may be, and this is the present moment. And then you become aware of your surroundings, become aware of yourself, your consciousness, and you stop thinking. What happens then, for a moment you stop thinking, but you're conscious. And that's the, there's the vertical dimension opening up. You're conscious, but not thinking, or thinking very little. There's a deepening there of who you are. Suddenly you discover a depth that you hadn't known before. It was there, but you didn't know it. And so a very quick way to get, if you don't know what vertical dimension is, it's just an abstract thing, to have a taste of it is if you stop thinking for a moment. Now you might say, I can't do that. But that's just another thought that denies the fact that you can stop thinking for a moment. <laughs> so you don't ask your mind whether you can stop thinking, because obviously it'll say, no, you can't, of course you can't. <laughs> so you stop thinking for a moment, just like this, like now. Now, this is not a memorable thing, because it's not even an experience, because it doesn't have any content if you stop thinking. There's something there but you can't define it just as a beingness or presence. That is your essence identity, which is connected to the vertical dimension. Your form identity is the horizontal dimension. And I will now begin to look at some questions. What I've just said is virtually the answer to virtually every question, by the way, as we will see. The answer to virtually every question 
is that I hear what you're saying, but when I get really afraid of losing all my money in the stock market, of getting sick or losing a loved one, how do I handle that? Fear again. The question is about fear. How do I handle the fear of catching a disease, of losing many things? Many people are experiencing not only the fear now of the virus, they're also experiencing the fear of the repercussions of what's happening. Businesses are closing down, or everything is closing down. It's a very strange thing that this is happening. It's like an enforced closing down of the busyness, not just the business, but the busyness of the world, an enforced sudden ending of all that. Many planes are not flying anymore. Some cities are empty of people. Until this happened, the world was absurdly busy, noisy, busy, everything was in movement, everything was lost in the world, lost in the minds. And suddenly, as if somebody said, okay, let's, let's turn it off for a while. Oh, enforced stillness almost. <laughs> exactly what millions of humans actually need to experience. It doesn't mean that they will automatically also experience the inner stillness, but there is a possibility of, of an awakening for many if they can go beyond the fear, the fearful thoughts. But how do you go beyond the fearful thoughts? Well, it requires a little bit of awareness, but if you are here with us, you probably have that, that awareness. What I mean by that is the awareness of what's going on in your mind. To recognize, rather than total identification with what's going on in your mind, you have in the background an awareness of what's going on in your mind. Very different because it's a different dimension of consciousness, the awareness. It's not the same as a thought. The awareness can recognize what thoughts are on your mind, and you realize, I'm thinking all these useless thoughts, but that realization, I'm verbalizing it now, but because we are communicating through language, but that realization that all these useless and destructive thoughts are going through my head, that is a realization that is not verbal, it's pre- or post-verbal, because it comes through the awareness. And there's a simple recognition that what's going on in your mind is not helpful. It's making you fearful and unhappy. So it is to be tackled there. All these, the problem that he mentions, or he or she mentions three, fear of losing all my money or my savings, my investments, what I've been saving, of getting sick, or something bad could happen to a loved one. So you have fear for yourself, you have fear for others, and of course, all these things are not happening now, the things that you fear, but they could happen, says the mind. So I better think about it now, because in case it does, of course, if they did happen, you would face the situation with the power of your conscious awareness you would face the sickness, you would face the loss of money, and you would even face the loss of a loved one or the suffering of a loved one. With the power of your presence, you can face that. But what you cannot do, you cannot overcome these problems or face them because they only exist in your imagination. They haven't even happened yet. Therefore, there's absolutely nothing you can do about them in fact, they will simply be amplified. The more you think about them, the more they become amplified. It's a totally illusory realm that is making you suffer. <laughs> and so if there's a minimum of awareness, you can suddenly become aware of what it is that you are doing to yourself. Well, it's not that you're voluntarily doing it to yourself, but one could say, it is happening to you. So you become aware of what is happening to you because the thoughts in your mind, virtually all the thoughts in the absence of awareness, happen to you. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. 
Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. They are not voluntary. <laughs> So people say, I think this, I think. You don't think, the thinking happens to you when you're not aware. You're at the mercy of thought. You're at the mercy of the energy field that is what we call thought. It lives in you, you are possessed. You don't know it. The moment you realize it, that this is not the fearful thinking, isn't something that you do. You do say, yeah, I'm doing it, but I can't stop it. No, you are not doing it. It happens to you. So some people perceive it as, well, I'm, why am I doing this to myself? Well, that's already, it's, it's a good first step. Why am I making myself suffer by thinking all that? And then the next step is you realize, well, it's not really me doing it. It's the self-serving, thought forms that are swirling around in my mind continuously that are making me unhappy, that have no useful purpose. I'm not helping myself or anybody by thinking these things, by projecting bad things that could happen. And so with the awareness of what's going on in your mind comes the first time a moment of freedom because before you had no free will. Without awareness, you have no free will. You're at the mercy of a conditioned mind. And when the conditioned mind becomes particularly amplified, for example, now, by these collective events that are happening around us, that amplifies the patterns that were already there in your mind, and it amplifies the fear that was already there in your mind, and the useful thing is by becoming amplified, the opportunity becoming aware of what's happening is greater now because it's so obvious that the suffering in you is increasing from the normal suffering, that everyday suffering. The suffering in you is increasing. That's true, that's the bad news. But the good news is the fact that the suffering is increasing makes it also more obvious. The process behind it becomes more obvious, becomes so much louder that the suffering starts screaming. Therefore, the suffering can be an awakening for you. It awakens that suffering that is ultimately produced by your mind, by the thoughts in your mind, can awaken you. And you be suddenly become, a, you can't stand it anymore. And then you go, ah, oh. and then you begin to examine, how does this all happen? And the awareness grows, oh, and then you try out something. I have another question here. This person asks, what do I do after I wake up? Because I've been laid off at one work and I'm petrified of what to do next. What are the practical steps I can do in that moment? So you wake up, you may notice when you wake up in the morning, there is a brief moment when the movement of thought hasn't started yet. How long, I don't know, it varies from person to person. It could be a few seconds, could even be a minute, but that's rare. So there's a moment when you look around, oh, you've just woken up, and then you begin to remember your problems, and then the thoughts go... Mm -hmm. If you had a mirror, you could see the first moment you look quite peaceful, the eyes open, maybe you can look out of the window, there's a sky, and then you start, oh, 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 and you begin to suffer already the moment you start thinking. And if that doesn't happen, it happened in, in another way. You wake up, 
and then your either your left or your right hand reach for the phone before you even look out of the window and you go oh my god what's going on? it's worse than yesterday oh. and immediately it takes over your mind you you absorb immediately from the collective mind and you don't know know your you're amplifying again what was already there and you're even more possessed. Every morning you're, you're even more possessed. So what can you do if you wake up in the morning? Don't reach for the phone or you wake up in the night could happen too. And that's a very fearful place for many people because the night is a dark place. It's where many people experience despair that is greater than what they, they experience during the daytime when there's light. So you, you wake up in the night. I remember how that was for me, it's a long time ago, waking up in the middle of the night and the despair that you feel at the alien nature of the world, how awful it all is. Oh, I can't stand it. Everything is threatening and strange. And there's an emptiness, not in a good sense, in a, but a, there's a nothingness there, like, and it's dark. And then the mind starts operating. Oh, how awful it all is. I was suffering at that time throughout my 20s. There wasn't enough awareness. I was identified with the thoughts. And so the questioner asks, what can I do when I wake up? And well, the prerequisite for doing anything is that you know that this is happening to you. That's the first step. If you don't know that this is happening to you, then you are completely identified with it. So let's assume that you, almost, perhaps almost everybody who is with us, just as questioner, has the ability, he has enough awareness to know that when you're in a state of suffering, whatever, anxiety, fear, panic even, then you know that this is happening to you. You know there's a subtle difference between it happening to you and knowing that this is happening to you. <laughs> it almost seems the same thing. So when you know that you are in a state of fear, there is a a witnessing consciousness that not there's a fear in me. It means you are not the fear. You have st stepped out a little bit of it. From there you can see that there is fear. Without the knowing, you are the fear. You become the fear. It, so it takes you over completely. And this knowing is the awareness of the presence. And that's, this awareness of the presence is the awakened consciousness. It's the beginning of it. It's the first appearance of a deeper, we could either say deeper or higher, dimension of consciousness in you that is beyond thought. And that is the purpose of your life beyond what you do of the horizontal dimension is this awakening. And not only briefly and then go to sleep again, become unconscious again, but to stay awake and so that you can live in these two dimensions, the vertical and the horizontal. You don't deny the horizontal, but you're rooted in the vertical or the rock you build your houses. You dig deep, as Jesus said, until you find the foundation and then you build the house and then the house is not swept away when the floods and the storms come. So that's what we are talking about. So let's then assume the ability for you, you is there to have the awareness that you are in a state of fear. That's already a great thing. And then from there you say, I'm verbalizing it now, but a lot of that is beyond conceptualization. There's a knowing there. You can know things without spelling them out. There's a, a deeper knowing. So you know all these thoughts, ultimately you realize the thoughts I've been thinking make me unhappy. You know that beyond thought. Now, how do I get out of this momentum that is in me that wants to continue thinking those thoughts? The fearful thoughts, they have a momentum. They don't want to end. They will make it hard for you to say, stop, you can't. You cannot say, okay, stop, 
I want to stop. Maybe if you hold your breath for a minute, you can stop thinking fearful thoughts, but then they accumulate, and then even more fearful thoughts come because you can't hold the lid on a boiling kettle for too long, and then it goes off. So what do you do? So you have recognized that what's been happening to you fulfills no useful purpose. That's an important realization because before there is a, an assumption in the unconscious mind that unless you worry a lot... You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Then you're not controlling your life. There is the delusion that the more you think about, but when you don't know it's useless, the more you think about the, your, the problems of your life, then you need to continue thinking in order to hold it all together. You need to really worry or the problem of the world. Oh, if you don't worry, then your life will fall to pieces. It's the underlying assumption. Of course, it's a delusion. So the worrying, the fearful thinking does not want to end. You need to know that, that it has a momentum. And you cannot fight it. If you fight it, you make it stronger. You give it added energy. So it's not by willpower that you can stop it. Or, or as I just said, you can stop it briefly, but not for long through exercising willpower. So you stop it simply by first recognizing not only the futility, but also the destructive nature of that type of thinking. And then you begin to see that a lot of the unhappiness is produced by the narratives in your mind. At that moment, you have a choice. You can continue being dragged along in the stream of fearful thinking. Or you can say, my choice is now to take my attention away from fearful thinking. I'm verbalizing it. But where does it go? If the fearful thinking, it wants all their consciousness continuously. It says, no, I'm letting go, I want it. And, and then you say, no, I don't want to go that way anymore. It's very simple. You bring your attention somewhere else. You need something at first. My recommendation is feel your inner body. Direct your attention. Let's say you wake up in the night or in the morning. Direct your attention. Instead of thinking, direct your attention into the inner energy field of your hands. And then you hold it there. It doesn't require willpower. It's just a simple decision. And you hold it. You feel the inner aliveness in your hands. It becomes an anchor for stepping out of mind, being present. Can you feel the energy in your hands? I can. And it's always wonderful. I've been feeling the energy in my hands for many years. <laughs> it's always fresh and new. And I don't tire speaking of it. And of course, it's not just the hands. If you can't feel the energy in your hands, close your eyes and ask yourself if you're, let's say your right hand, or if you're left-handed, your left hand. Ask yourself if, the, if your left or right hand is still there or not. Is it still there? How do I know it's there? How can I know it's there right now? No, you can't know it because you remember it was there when you saw it a few seconds ago. You close your eyes, you're not moving your hand. How can you know it's there? You can know it's there, but how does it happen? What is it? How do you know it? You can feel it, but what is it that you feel? You feel the energy within the hand. It's very subtle at first, so you need to be alert to feel it. But that alertness that then goes into the body is taken away from thinking. And you, you suddenly, the, your hand feels more alive than it was before. And that's only the beginning. You can feel both hands simultaneously. You become aware of all pervasive sense of aliveness in the entire body, energy field. And the amazing thing is, or oh, by the way, you may also become aware that you're breathing because that's connected with the body. You're breathing. 
into the body. The breath flows in and it flows out. And the more become aware of your body, the more become aware of your breathing. The more you become aware of your breathing, the more become aware of the body. The wonderful aliveness there. And what happened to your mind activity? It subsided almost completely or completely because you cannot be aware of inner body and at the same time think. A few fragments may be there of thoughts, but not, not a sustained stream of thinking. It's not possible because all your attention, your consciousness has gone away from the conceptualizing mind into the inner body. I would suggest the more you practice, the longer you can stay there. But you need to be careful because the mind is basically the, the ego that the mind that you had identified with, the mind will very soon tell you that thoughts will want to come in because the mind will want control back. It realizes it has lost control, this energy field, and it will say something like, what do you think you're doing? This is completely useless. That, that doesn't solve anything. Think about what's happening tomorrow. You might lose your job in, in, a, in a day or two. What are you going to do then? You better think about that. What are you doing with this nonsense feeling body? It's not helping you at all. <laughs> and so the mind will come up with a very seductive, says very seductive things of why this is completely pointless. And now the question is, do you believe in every thought that comes into your head? Most people do. Whatever thought comes, they get taken over by it. <laughs> do you believe in every thought that comes into your head? And thought says, all this meditative rubbish, just that's not helping the world or you. Of course, the opposite is true. So the mind will use strategies to get control back and then you need to know that when that's happening. I highly recommend, if you should wake up, as many people do in the middle of the night, and start worrying, it's very unpleasant. So feel the inner body. Now, it's possible that when you feel the inner body, there may still be some fear inside you, and often it's experienced in the chest area or stomach area. You, the fearful energy is, may still be there when you begin to feel, even though you might no longer be thinking fearful thoughts when you feel your inner body, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the emotional field, which is an, another energy field that lives in you, it may not completely disappear the moment you stop fueling the emotion with your fearful thinking because you have already given so much fuel to the emotion of fear that it, it has a surplus of fuel in you. So even when you're no longer fueling it with your thinking, it can survive for quite a long time without feeding it with your thinking. <laughs> so it still lives in you, but it probably won't be in your hands or your arms. It's probably around here. So as you feel the inner body, then you come to accept what you still feel is inner, and you don't say, I, I shouldn't be feeling that. No, all you need to do is to recognize that it's there. And you also understand why it's there, because you have given it so much energy through your thinking, not voluntarily, through unconscious thinking. You've given it so much energy over the past few days, weeks, months, and years, especially here in this collective calamity that we're finding ourselves in. And so you can be aware of the inner body and at the same time be aware of the energy field of fear that you may still be carrying here. And that's how it is. It's not a problem. You know where it came from, why it's there. It becomes part of the present moment and that it's always say yes to whatever the present moment manifests, within or without. Right now it manifests the fear, but the fear is surrounded by the sense of aliveness that you can feel in your body. So it's contained. There's a space around it. There's an alive space around it, and that's okay. And I have a word, the, the pain body, 
the fear that I've just described in the terms that I use, as you probably know, old emotion that lives in you, I call the pain body. And for many people, the predominant emotion of the pain body is fear. For others, the predominant emotion that lives in them, fueled by years of dysfunctional thinking, egoic thinking, for others the predominant emotion will be anger, or for others the predominant emotion that's in the pain body may be a deep sadness. There is a reciprocal relationship between the thinking in your mind and the emotion. The emotion, let's say you are, you're just practicing what I described, you're still in bed, you're lying and you, you feel the aliveness in the inner body, you feel yourself breathing, you're present, you feel your, the presence that you are that's inseparable from the entire energy field of the body, and there's a fear, still there, probably, and it's not just the mind that wants to start up again, the fearful energy has also a kind of, doesn't have a life of its own, it's a, a psychic parasite living in you, and it, it wants more fuel after a while. So the fear will attempt to get back into your mind and force your mind to continue thinking fearful thoughts. So the fear will go up, and then if you're not careful, the fear is take over your mind again, and you start thinking fearful thoughts. And every fearful thought, thought being energy, like everything else, Every thought is an energy formation that arises in the consciousness that you are. And this energy of fear is the same frequency as the emotional fearful pain body. The fearful thought feeds, gives energy to the pain body. And the pain body wants more of it. And then there come moments when it doesn't need any more energy and then you have moments of you can relax a bit, but it never lasts for very long. So this is a way of using the situation for spiritual awakening and for realizing the vertical dimension, which is present moment. The portal is the present moment, and another portal closely related to it, or another aspect of it, is the inner body. The inner body is also the entry point, which is inseparable from the present moment. That's the entry point into the vertical dimension. It goes beyond the physical body. There's more there. And so the vertical opens up as you go within. And when you are rooted within, and then you open your eyes, and then you look around, and you still feel the inner body then you can deal with the horizontal in a much more effective way, a much more powerful way, because you may, you may need to take some action. This person says, the questioner, I have just been laid off, I'm petrified, but he's asking very wisely, what do I do after I wake up because I've been laid off and I'm petrified of what to do next? What are the practical steps I can do in that moment? That's a very wise question. He's not asking, what are the practical steps that I can take in order to find a new job or make a living? He realizes that a more vital question is, what can I do in that moment to become free of the fear? As much as possible, at least the fearful thinking you may not immediately become free of the fear that still lives in you as the emotional pain body, that's fine. But become free of fearful thinking. And then you become more present, the vertical dimension opens up. Then the next step, of course, this person will have to take some action. And action happens here in the horizontal dimension. The likelihood that the questioner or you, if you are listening and you are the questioner, the likelihood that you will take effective and wise and focused action in your search for an alternative living, job, or business, or whatever it may be, 
is far greater when you are not trapped in fearful thinking. When you are trapped in fearful thinking, your ability to arrive at wise decisions and take a wise action and effective action, this ability is greatly diminished when you are in fear. Let's say you are looking for another job, if you should go for an interview and you are emanating this fearful energy, you are less likely, even if you are well qualified, you are much less likely to be attractive to a prospective employer. <laughs> Nobody wants to be with the energy field. Unless the employer has a strong pain body and your pain body of fear and the employers complement each other, but that's usually the case with couples who meet. Some uh, couples who feel very much drawn to each other, in quite a few cases, their pain bodies complement each other and uh, some couples are drawn to each other because they mutually fuel their pain bodies. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.